again for joining me for another edition of March 4th with Mike Bauman. I, of course, am your host, Mike Bauman. Whoever you are, wherever you are listening from, thank you so much for checking out the podcast. If you're a returning listener, I greatly appreciate your continued love and support. And if you're a brand new listener of the show, man, thank you so much for hopping aboard that pirate ship. You can follow me on Instagram at March 4th Pod. On Twitter at Mike V. Bauman. The host site is march4th.podbean.com. My link tree with all my stuff is in the podcast description. Y'all made it here, so you found us somehow. And I truly appreciate each and every one of you taking the opportunity to check out another edition of the March 4th with Mike Bauman podcast. In all seriousness, y'all, I am really excited because Thanksgiving is upon us at the time. This episode airs. It'll be the week of Thanksgiving, so whether you celebrate it, whether you don't, I just hope that everybody's doing well, that you're healthy, that you're happy, that you're feeling good, and if not, I hope things get better, but I myself am really looking forward to some much-needed R&R, and honestly, a lot of it's my fault, you guys. Uh, I have a hamster and a wheel brain. I've talked about it on this show, and it's hard for me to shut it off at night, but usually when I'm around like family and friends and I'm away from work, Um, I have the opportunity to decompress a little bit and just catch up on some rest. So I'm really looking forward to spending some time with some family and friends this week. And I hope that all of you get to do the same. You know, this is a great time of the year. As my heat kicks on in the background, that's right, guys. I don't have a professional studio because I'm still growing. Um, And I'm not going to turn off the heat because I will freeze because it's getting colder down here. Where was I? Oh, yeah, family and friends. But uh, but yeah, this is a great time of the year to be reminded of how lucky we all are. You know what I mean? Life isn't perfect. It's full of ups and downs, and all of us have our own issues and things that we go through. But at the same time, I think if you can count on both hands the number of people that you love and the number of people that love you, you're you're rich. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, that's what it's about. It's about time with loved ones. It's about leaving a positive impact on the people around you, the people in your community, because life goes quick, y'all. Um, you know, this episode, we get into some stuff from like my childhood and my teenage years, and I'm staring down the barrel of 35 right now. So I'm not old, but uh, I'm getting older and I'm more conscious of my mortality each and every day. Not in like a, a sad, weird way either. Um, I obviously hope I, I live until I'm, I'm old and gray, but at the same time, um, uh, I, I feel like I've left a good mark if something were to happen, and I hope it doesn't, but I'm just saying, I know you guys are like, wow, Mike, this took a really dark turn. You were talking about family and things, and now you're talking about death. What's up, man? I didn't come here for this. Um, but yeah, I'm just saying, I'm getting older, I'm conscious of it, and there was a lot of death around me last year, and it just makes me realize how finite all of this is, how how fast our time goes we all have that hourglass with the sand in it, and every day a little bit more goes to the bottom. And so it's just a reminder not to be sad or afraid of the great beyond, but just to be like, you know what, man, with every moment that I have, I'm going to do my best to be a good human being, and hopefully people leaving with a smile or a few laughs more than I left them with, with tears or, or pain of any kind, um, and figure out what it is that I have to contribute to the world and by the grace of God and 
my guardian angels and good spirits or whoever's looking out for me, man, my ancestors to uh, have the courage to chase my dreams and leave a good mark on the world, no matter how big or how small. So being a good human is enough, you guys. So I hope that you guys are doing well. And if not, I hope it gets better. It will get better. But I hope you guys get the chance to uh, spend some time with some loved ones, whether you celebrate Thanksgiving, whether you don't. Usually, I feel like at least here in the States, most employers recognize Thanksgiving, I believe, is a national holiday. So even if you don't celebrate it, you get a chance, if nothing else, to have a have a day off to do whatever you want. So yeah, man, that's my spiel to get into this week's episode. And this week's episode, I get excited for every episode, but this one was a lot of fun, man, because I love it when things happen organically, and I also love it when I meet people who share similar interests like I think most of us right I, I don't get me wrong it's I, I thoroughly enjoy meeting and speaking with people who come from different walks of life than me and have different interests than than I do because I feel like that's how I really learn and grow when I meet people who come from different backgrounds and that's how you you expand your palate as a human being you get opened up to new ways of thinking to new music to new food new cultures right and I and I think that that is incredibly important to growing as as a human being as important as education is a a lot of life is just a school of hard knocks you know what I mean uh doing dumb stuff learning from it you know but also getting out in the world and meeting people who don't look and think like you do and and meeting people who who help expand your palate but then there's also those people who it's like the spider-man meme right you you see them and you're like oh dude like I get you you get me this is awesome And this week's guest is one of those people. His name is Cassidy Ratliff, and he is a guy who has experience in the music realm, both as a fan of music and as a musician himself. His hip-hop name is Chaotic, and Cassidy is actually my oldest brother, Brandon. It's his cousin, and I know you're like, well, if, if it's your brother's cousin, isn't it your cousin? Not by blood, even though I feel like we are family, especially after talking um, on this podcast, man, uh, we we are definitely soul brothers, as it were. But uh, my my big brother Brandon and I have different moms, and so this is his cousin on his on his mom's side. But like I said, man, to me, blood or no blood, uh, I consider Cassidy family. After talking with him, the short story of this podcast is that a year ago, literally almost to the week, my brother Brandon and I we we don't talk on the phone too much. Um, and he, he won't take this as a slight when he hears this, but sometimes it's – it's not sometimes. It's hard to get a hold of him. <laughs> sometimes it takes him a while to text back. Sometimes he calls back. You know, he just he's just one of those people that he just kind of flies by night, and I don't, I don't take it personally, man. I love him. He's always been like that. Um, my point is when we do catch up, it's – we pick up right where we left off, you know, and even though we don't talk on the phone that much or text every single day, like I love my brother. He knows it. And I know he loves me, and uh, we, we have a lot of similar interests. So when we talk on the phone, it'll be two, three hours sometimes, and we're like, oh, my gosh. The last time we talked on the phone, it was like that. We talked for probably an hour and a half or two hours. He's like, oh, dude, I got to go. Jen and I, his wife, my sister-in-law, love you, Jen. What's up? They had to run to like a 50th birthday party or something. He's like, dude, I got to get ready, but I love these talks. So so it's that's what's cool, man. You know, whether you have – and I'm sure you guys are like that too. You have friends or family where it's like that where – you don't talk to them all the time, and it's might be infrequent, but when you do catch up, it's like a, a beautiful thing. So 
a year ago, Brandon and I caught up and we were having one of our discussions and he was hanging out with his cousin Cassidy. This week's guest called Biak and uh, Cassidy, like Brandon and I, has a lot of similar musical taste, as it were. So I, I, I really enjoyed the conversation and it was just one of those cool organic things. We were all talking about music and bands we grew up listening to. And, and Brandon, for those of you who aren't aware, he's he's the one who indirectly got me into heavier music. Um, he would come over a couple times a month growing up to visit with my dad and with us. And I just, you know, you, you always look up to your older brothers. You know what I mean? Uh, my brother Greg, I look up to him. I look up to Brandon. Uh, I just think it's one of those familial things when you're the little brother, you look up to your big brothers, you know what I mean? And he's the one, and I won't go into too much detail in the jump of this because some of you who listen to the show all the time have been like, dude, we've heard this story 900 times. But for those of you who are new to this show, uh, Brandon Brandon was the one who got me into heavy music. He He's 40 years old, so in the mid-90s when Korn started to make their ascent uh, and, and, and new metal is, is what it came to be known as, um, the genre that they really helped pioneer. They're, they're definitely on the Mount Rushmore of that, even though obviously their sound has expanded a lot more beyond that. And at the end of the day, those labels, I think some bands don't like them, some, some fit within it, whatever. It's just, at the end of the day, it's just something to, for the media to label something, right? But, um, he was really into Korn, really into Metallica, Guns N' Roses, all those bands. So, I wanted to be like him, and I started listening to a lot of that stuff, but I found that heavy music was was the music that, that spoke to me the most. So a year ago, he and I and Cassidy just shot the breeze about music, and in the back of my mind, I'm like, you know what? It would be cool for us to make this an actual podcast episode, and I know there's other podcasters out, that, out there like that too where you have these conversations organically, and you're like, man, I wish we would have been recording this because this would have been such a good podcast. So fast forward to... I don't know, like a month ago. Um, we're coming up on the end of the year. I've got some slots open. I'm, I'm, you know, making sure I get my last couple months figured out as far as guests. And Brandon and I were texting, and he just said, "Hey, man, Cassidy would would love to come come on the show." I'm like, "For sure. What's his number?" So Cassie and I, Cassie and I get in touch, and we start shooting the breeze before the actual episode. And really, the timing is great because Cassidy loves new metal, and I love new metal. And the Sick New World Festival was announced right around the time that we got back in touch. And for those of you who aren't aware, Sick, Sick New World Fest is already sold out. You can get on the waiting list. It's crazy how, how, how quickly it's sold out. But I'm actually excited about that because that means there's a lot of people out there like, like Cassidy and Brandon and I who love this music and there's a demand for it. But Sick New World Fest, I feel like, was the answer to the When We Were Young Fest, which was When We Were Young was definitely pop punk that vein of music and sick new world is definitely new metal um system of down i believe is headlining and then you've got corn deftones incubus evanescence turnstile chevelle uh, papa roach one of my favorites seven dust failures on there soul flies on there cold pod hoobastank alien ant farm uh orgy cold i mean the list goes on and on and on there's so many awesome bands and it's really cool to see the demand be there, that it's already sold out. I kind of want to go. I've never been to Vegas. There's also some new blood on there, like Spirit Box, who has obviously blown up over the last couple of years. Um, 
uh, I mean, it's just, it's, it's an amazing festival. Body Count, Filter, Lacuna Coil. I mean, there's so many on here. Um, it's, it's amazing. It's going to be an awesome festival. And I was like, man, it, it's been a year since we talked and I had been wanting to, to do an episode where we just geek out about music because these guys are a little bit older than me. So there's bands that they were getting into even before I was aware of them because at the height in, in the peak of new metal, I would say in the, the early 2000s, right? I, I was familiar with all the bands that were getting played on MTV, you know, like System, Korn, Deftones, Incubus, all those bands, right? Papa Roach, Evanescence, all those bands. These guys were into bands that weren't even on my radar because I was just a kid, you know what I mean? I was, you know, 12 years old in 2000. So so the timing of this really worked out with the the Sick New World Fest being announced. It's going to be in Vegas next year in May. And I just thought it would be cool to to take a little uh, different path on this episode, even though perseverance and moving forward is definitely tied in to this, as, as you guys will hear in this discussion with Cassidy, because we both have such a love and a passion for this music that uh, it means a lot to us, man. And it, it's it's stuff that helps you get through the day. It's stuff that inspires you. There's some really cool stories in here that I don't even want to get into just yet in the intro because I'm already ranting too much, but it was just a, a really pleasant conversation with Cassidy um, to, to, to talk with somebody who has the same level of, of love and passion for this for this brand of music that I do, uh, and it was just cool, man. We geeked out about bands, so you guys are going to hear about his story, how he got into this music, some really big artists that he was, uh, one in particular, I'll say, as a little, little carrot, little nugget for you before I... Uh, get into the actual convo. One band in particular who is massive and has been for over two decades now that he was aware of before they were even on anybody's radar and he got to, you know, actually meet them and uh, knew the words to their songs, which surprised them even when he went to see him in Toledo. So without further ado, I'm going to shut my big yapper and give you guys my special new metal appreciation episode with Cassidy Ratliff. Here it is. <laughs> Creepy robot lady, man. I always give yeah. people a little fair warning before she comes on. Well, Cassidy, thank you so much for doing this, dude. Like I said, I'm really looking forward. Oh, no, Mike, thank you for having me. <laughs> You're welcome, man. You're welcome. So to give people a little bit of background, um, obviously, listeners, if you're familiar with the show, you know that the theme of the show is perseverance and moving forward. Uh, and we will get into those themes with this because Cassidy and I are both huge fans of new metal. And really, this all started about a year ago. I think Brandon called me or I called him and we were chopping it up and you guys were hanging it out and we just started talking about music. And um, he had told me over the years about bands you had gotten him into and you guys are a little bit older than me. So there's bands that you guys are aware of that really weren't even on my radar back then. Uh, but yeah, man, that's uh, that's the scoop for all the listeners listening to this. But thank you so much for for joining, dude. It's always a pleasure to talk to somebody about music that I actually appreciate. So, yeah. I mean, and you're a musician you could, you yourself. Could, uh, you go by chaotic for people out there. Yeah, I go by chaotic. Um, I've I've dabbled in the hip hop industry. Um, I've done, you know, shows around here and around there. And I've made good friends with, uh, you know, artists out there and everybody trying to do their best. And I just I was so excited to see something that I was so passionate about which is the new metal scene having a resurgence. 
So to to see that happening and to watch it blossom and now you see the lineup, that lineup fucking blew my mind. Like I was I was sitting back and I was like, holy shit. Like like a lot of people would be like, dude, don't go to Vegas, man. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, but herpes comes home with you. <laughs> and, I, and I sat back and I was like, well, uh, well, <laughs> it is what it is, man. You got to chop it up and just kind of take what you get. And like you said, your channel's about perseverance and building and becoming better. So I can't guarantee if you go to that festival, you're going to come back a better person, but I guarantee you're going to have a great fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the, so the sick new world festival, it's going to be yes. May 13th in, in Las Vegas. And uh, that's, that's why the timing of this episode is great too. And why I wanted to get this one out there. Cause like you said, it was just announced and it really is a dream lineup. There's a couple of bands missing from it. I think that, that should have been on there. And we talked about that a little bit that we can get into, but, but yeah, I mean, they just had, uh, well, I think it got canceled. So uh, it was when we were young fest. It was basically everybody in the pop punk scene over the years. Did you see that? And then I think something happened. I did I did, I did. not see that. Uh, but I'll be honest with you, man. I'm not really into the whole punk line. Yeah, so, so... so the reason I bring it up is because I feel like this is the the new metal answer to that festival. So like when we Yeah, were... they're basically they're they're just smacking them in the face. <laughs> like when we were young fest, if you loved pop punk and emo and all that stuff, it was all those bands and the sick new world festival, if you love new metal like us, it's it's all those bands. So system Corn, Deftones, Incubus are the main. Well, actually, I'm looking at it right now, man. You got System, Corn, Deftones. You got Evanescence. I mean, you got bands like Chevelle. You got Papa Roach. You've got uh, Mr. Bungle. I mean, like, it's the plethora. Dude, even She Wants Revenge is on there. I'm just kind of baffled by that. KMFDM. Uh, you got Kitty. So He's on those there. are a bunch. those are a bunch of hot chicks that play fantastic music. Yeah, so, failure is part of the bill too, which is awesome. Um, was that that album was a uh, fantastic planet back in the day, um, and they've had a resurgence lately. I, I think they put out an album a couple of years ago. Uh, shout who, out to who was it? Failure. Do you remember failure. that? Failure. Uh, fantastic um, planet. I'm not. I'm not familiar with failure, but I will. I will look into it. There's this their their big song that they had in the '90s was uh, "Stuck on You." I know I'm sure you if you heard the chorus you'd be like, "Oh yeah, I've I've heard that before." Um, but yeah, and then I, they've got some new flavor in there too. Like horror is in there. Um, they opened up for Corn and Alice in Chains when I saw them a couple years ago here in Nashville. Loathe is another band that's really sick, uh, newer band that I really love. But yeah, as far as um, bands from uh, back in the day. Um, even KMFDM is on there. Uh, Billy Velo is in there. So it's uh, you mentioned Mr. Bungle. Um, yeah, I remember. Um, well, and one and one of your favorites, um, Seven Dust, is on that bill. Yeah, yeah. So, so, dude, it's uh, it's really got me itching to go to Vegas. To be honest with you, uh, dude, if you want to go to Vegas, I can't promise that we're going to come home. <laughs> but if you want to go to Vegas, that's a trip I'm willing to take. Uh, I. <laughs> The only things that I can tell you in benefit to that is we're going to fucking see some crazy shit and it'll be awesome. It'll be a story to tell people, but I can't guarantee that we're going to come back the same person we were when we left. And dude, Soulfly, P.O.D., um, Alien Ant Farm, K 
killing joke. There's so many spirit box again, a newer band that I feel like is, is killing it right now really started to blow up during the pandemic cold chamber. Obviously we dude, cold, cold chamber. Let's talk about that for a second. Des Farfa. Dude. Huge, huge fan of uh cold chamber. Like that strikes a chord with me. Yes. Um, I, so- I can't explain to you how big of a fan of cold chamber I am. I remember uh, going to our lake house uh, with, with, I don't actually, you know what? I don't, I don't even know if Brandon was there, but it, our cottage, we have a cottage out and uh, it's Mar Lake in Michigan. Okay. And we were out there and I remember having my own little boom box and I was, I was obviously younger. It was right when their first album came out. And I remember I had the Ozfest live CD and it had, dude, I can't remember who all was on it. I just know what I could remember, like what I can gather is Loco off of the first Cold Chamber album was live on that album. So I remember turning it on and it's like, it's like and like and everybody's looking at me like who is this crazy fucking kid sitting over here on the deck and he's just playing like some shit that nobody understood well you know what now there is a huge festival coming up and it is shining light on all that stuff that made people wonder why i love music so I'm glad if, dude, if it wasn't good music, this festival would not exist. You wouldn't see headliners like Corn, Deftones, System of a Fucking Down. You know what I'm saying? Like you wouldn't see that. Like people question your love of music and what, like, oh, how, like, oh my God, I can't believe that you like this. And it's like, uh, bitch, there's a lot of people that like this. <laughs> So we got to kind of stomp as a, as a, as a, as a war and just kind of fight for what we believe is amazing. I, I, I love new metal. I, that's what I grew up on. It is something that I'm glad is gathering a resurgence. You brought up flaw, like bands that are now all of a sudden coming back, stabbing westward was on the bill. Um, I had you, you, you checked out chasing ghosts, right? I did. I did. It was a really good record. It was like a very, um, kind of, it was very visceral, dude. It was, yeah, it was, it had, it had kind of an electronic, um, it was almost like a, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it. It was an electronic. You could fall asleep to it, but wake up to it and be like, I got to do some shit. It was, a, it was like an electronic visceral, um, Got a heartbreak loss record, definitely. Like listening to their to their vocalist, hearing what he I was feel doing. like a lot of his shit was like that. Yeah, like um, I, I'm I'm dragging on his name, but it was good, man. It was good. Uh, some of the drums in the songs had kind of like that uh, that disco beat, um, like in uh, Corn got the life. You know what I mean? That yeah, yeah, like the Bob Chigabah. Yeah, yeah, it was good, man. I really enjoyed it. Um. But yeah, so so for people listening, Cassidy and my brother Brandon are cousins. Um, I'm 34. If you don't mind me asking, Cassidy, how old are how old are you now? Because Brandon's 40. So Brandon. Oh, dude, I'm I'm dude, I'm fucking 15, dude. 
<laughs> no, nah, I'm 38. I'm a Capricorn, man. I'm a winter child. So I will be 39 come January 9th. But yeah, so I mean, talking about new metal, you mentioned how much you love it. I love it too. This music surfaced at a time in my life and was peaking at a time in my life when I was going through a lot as far as my parents getting divorced. Um, how did how did you get into new metal? Who was who was the gateway band? What was the gateway song? Do you remember that moment? Because it was really um, mid nineties when when it really started. Like this. Well, time. I wouldn't say there was an actual band that got me into it. I would I I would have to give a lot of credit to my older brother, um, and the things that he was bringing into the household and the things that he was listening to are what made it, it it's what derived me and drove me to listen to what I do and i'd say like the god the first the first bands that, like one of the first CDs i have and one of the first CDs i own uh typo negative bloody kisses was one of the first CDs that i i owned myself like that was a CD that i owned um, and there were singles on there, but that would be more like a dark goth rock. Yeah. Uh, like Black Number One and Christian Woman. Uh, so I wouldn't consider that in the new metal genre. But my brother, my brother was huge into uh, like, I remember him having the Alice in Chains CDs and Corn. I remember listening, I remember putting my ear to like an old alarm clock and listening to Buzz 106.5 just to hear when they would take recommendations and they would take like requests. And I remember calling just to see if they would play, play corn clown. Like I remember calling in just to see if they would play it. <laughs> and I would hope that I like, and I would hope that I would get the on the air moment. But now, I mean, it's not like that anymore. I mean, it's not like when you dial into AOL, you know, it's not like you don't hear the internet connecting and shit like that. Yeah. I remember like, like a kid in a candy factory, like, oh my God, if they, if they fucking play this, this is going to be my day. And it, I just, that was, that, dude, that was like 94. And if you consider the numbers with me being an 84 child, a December child, or a January child, a winter child. If you consider the dates, dude, I was like 10 or 11-ish with calling in and like requesting, hey, play uh, play Twist. Or not Twist, because that came out in 96, I believe. It was. Um, yeah, but I was gonna, but I would call in and be like, can you play Ball Tongue? <laughs> and they'd be like and they were they were baffled they're like who is this little kid requesting ball tongue by corn did the buzz get, play, uh blind back in the day no 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 they did dude it was the z-man okay. the z-man was on the he was on the radio at that point um but yeah it was uh i would say corn was probably one of the first um there was different branches of music that we went to and caught local shows that I started getting into. Uh, my brother paved a way for me and then I paved a way from him. So I, 
I took what he gave me and I ran with it. And I was like, fuck, I love this music. I'm going to go. And I was trying to join street teams. I was trying to be part of anything that had to do with bands that I like. I was like, holy shit, this is great music and I love it. And a lot of people were sitting back just going, oh, yeah, what's next on uh, the agenda today? I was the one that was up front and going fucking Frankie's main event. <laughs> like, I was like, let's get to the next show. What band is going to be awesome? I want to know who's going to be the up and comings. That's why Brandon told you that Cass knew about Linkin Park because they were called Hybrid Theory before they were Linkin Park. And that's why I like I focused on that shit. And I, I because I wanted to have that ability to love a music before it got tainted, before it got pushed into people's faces and hit radio waves. And everybody was like, oh, my God. And I'm just like, no, you don't understand. <laughs> I love this music before you fucking knew what it was. Yeah, because I, I the one story that sticks out for me, Cassidy, is I and Brandon sold it to me a couple of times, but you had Linkin Park hybrid theory before it was known to the world, even as Linkin Park, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because they were, they were actually, and I didn't know this, but they were actually called hybrid. Because th- everybody knows that record; it's a seminal new metal. It was well, it was, it was an. Uh, I I believe there was a place for my head. Um, there was a high voltage. A uh, couple different things that were on there when it was just when they were called hybrid theory. So yeah, so a lot of people, that's why I wanted to point out, I don't think a lot of people know that, that Linkin Park, before they were Linkin Park, they were actually called Hybrid Theory. Yeah. And you can actually look that up. I, I know you do your research, so I don't give a fuck, but that's they actually were called Hybrid Theory before they were Linkin Park. Because that record for me, I remember, I want to say the first song I heard off of that was it was either paper cut or one step closer um and i remember i remember the video for one step closer for sure but i was in probably seventh grade dude like 2000 fall 2000 going into 2001 i remember lincoln park really blowing up and then when i was in eighth grade uh that's when they really, really blew up once that record had been out for like a year or two at that point. Cause I think hybrid theory was 2000, wasn't it? I want to say uh, 1999. Okay. Spotify saying October 24, 2000. So I don't know, maybe that's when it had the major. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was, that was me then. Maybe. Yes. Yeah, so that's the release, saying. the release I put out on IRC and uh, the actual retail copy of that fucking CD, I know had a 1999 watermark on it. So that that CD that came out. That CD came out in 1999. So it must have been when Warner got his hands on it then, because um, yes, yes, on Spotify they've got it under Warner Records. So it must have been when Warner got got their hands on it. But I remember. Um, yeah, I want to say it was it was uh well the opener on on the Warner release is Paper Cut. And I want to say that that was the first song I heard. It was either that or One Step Closer, but it it was awesome and then I remember right around that same time that's when POD 
uh, came onto my radar was in like seventh grade, 2000, 2001. I remember getting that record, Fundamental Elements of Southtown. Um, so yeah, man. Um, and Untouchables, the Untouchables record for from Corn. Untouchables, they Jonathan Davis actually says that that is one of his favorite albums that he recorded. No, it would no actually it was was it Issues or was it Untouchables? I think it was Untouchables. Yeah, because he. I'd have to go. The equipment that they used at that time was like was like state of the art for the time in terms of the sound and the studio and everything that they used. Um, that was the on Untouchables had like Thoughtless and. uh it, here to what? Here to what stay. was on there? Here to stay. Yep. Um. God, dude, that was that was actually a really good album. Issues, I dude, I remember going to Media Play and trying to find the different album covers when they did Issues because they had that competition. Yeah. Where they said they were gonna uh, have different people design the covers. And I remember like going around and being around um going like through media play and shit like that and trying to like I was like, where's a different cover? All at the same time looking at the new Goosebumps books. Did you submit so, any, um did you submit any artwork for that for the issues cover? I I personally did not, no. Cause I know you draw on stuff too, right? That that's like a, a talent. Well, I say a talent that uh, I, I noodle Brandon and I, I think we get it from our dad as far as drawing, but Brandon could draw. And that was like my first love as a kid. I took some, some art classes at Toledo museum of art when I was in like second grade. No, um, person personally, I, okay. I can dabble in artwork. I can give a good idea of what should be done. I personally do not draw a lot. Okay. I am more of a a speaker. <laughs> like I speak where other people use their pen for their words. And you can paint a picture all day long. I will still sit back and I can speak words that'll make sure that that painting looks glorious. So what what was the first um new metal show that you went to? You mentioned Corn, Cold Chamber coming on your radar when you were like 10, 11, 94, calling into first show I went to that was new metal. Dude, that's a fucking tough one. Um I would say it would have to be Factor 81. That was at the time when the kids around us were all talking about um new metal stuff like i dude i wasn't i wasn't into that fucking scene so i didn't know what was happening in front of me and then all of a sudden i got swallowed alive and the new metal scene became a fucking thing and i was just like fuck it take me for a fucking ride i'm down and uh factor 81 and i remember going to see like cold I saw them with uh, Brandon. That was at the main event. I went and saw Darwin's Waiting Room and Simon Says. That was at Frankie's. Uh, I saw... Dude, I've I've been to so many fucking shows. <laughs> um, well, dude, bring, I saw... Bringing it back around to Lincoln Park, you... That was at the Seagate Center. They were opening up for Cottonmouth Kings. Yeah, Brandon was telling me you... Because you had their CD, you were like singing the lyrics... 
Yeah, dude, they couldn't fucking believe it. <laughs> they were like, how do you know our lyrics? And I'm like, well, apparently your record company sucks. Because <laughs> they let that shit slip. <laughs> yeah, so tell me about that. Were you were you in the front and they could see you singing the lyrics and they and they just like... I was, dude, I was front stage and center, bro. I was at the front left of that stage. I remember that because I remember walking around and they were like, you got weed on you. <laughs> And I was like, I do. <laughs> but no, I was just, it was a, dude, it was a great time. Um, but Yeah, I was, I was, fr- I was right in the front. So you, yeah, I, I, yeah, I met everybody. That's awesome, man. Was that record? So for, for you, you mentioned Cold Chamber, Corn. So does Hybrid Theory rank up pretty high for you as far as new metal is concerned and, and the records when you think about the ones that had an impact on you at that time? At that time, Linkin Park was a big one. Uh, I remember my email address having the words Lincoln Park in it. Um, like that was my email and my instant messenger name. Like I trust me, dude, I was a huge Lincoln Park fan. So for you, let me ask you, if you had to come up with like your, your Mount Rushmore of new metal bands, and it doesn't have to be as far as like globally, the most impactful as far as record sales or the ones that everybody knows, but for you personally and, and the stuff that you enjoyed growing up and the stuff that you still listen to, who, who would those bands be on your Mount Rushmore of new metal? That's tough, man. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. What's your favorite four movies? My favorite four movies, the fugitive would be in there. The Goonies would be in there. Uh, well, fuck, dude! I'm not wearing my Goonies shirt. And then, hey, I, but I don't know. I don't know if you caught this though. That's that's awesome. So, so they're but, they're friends. Cassie's wearing a friend's shirt, but it's it's all horror movie. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, the Fugitive, the Goonies, um, and then I would say Rudy and Tommy Boy. Those would be. But I also love the Sandlot. Rudy, Rudy will make me cry. Tommy Boy will make me laugh because I'll come over there and shove an oar up your ass. <laughs> Chris Farley was a <laughs> childhood hero, so Tommy Boy's up. He's like, housekeeping. You want me come fluff pillow? <laughs> like that's all I can think of. Um, but at the same time, yes, a uh, lot in the same direction. I love the uh, I love the comedy from the '90s. That was awesome. Um, Dumb and Dumber definitely sticks out for me but um as far as new core and bands that i could say were in my monumental points 40 below summer corn deftones god it's tough I know there's a lot of them, man. There's a lot of dude. We were talking about yesterday, that- but some of them are new core. But I'm just thinking of like what I related to, because um, I would say like System of a Down and Nine Inch Nails, but I I wouldn't I can't categorize them as complete new core because they're a different branch. Kind of uh, System of a Down kind of fits in there. I think so. I mean, they're headlining that. Uh, six- they, they yes, but I think they're headlining because of the fact that they haven't gotten together in so long. It'd be like if Rage Against the Machine said they were going to do it. 
I don't consider them new core. I consider them a, an aggressive rock band. Well, and that's something we can talk about too is um, I feel like there was a time where bands that were in that new metal scene, they didn't like that label. And they kind of wanted to get away from it. Like even a couple of years ago. Some of them might have stopped doing music because of that label. Um, I think it was a couple of years ago because, you know, Deftones and Corn would definitely be on my Mount Rushmore as far as as far as that is concerned. And um, I think there was an interview where Deftones was talking about not wanting to tour with Corn because they wanted to kind of continue to bring in people from other other genres and other ends of the musical spectrum. And the dudes from Corn were cool about it, but I even the guys in Corn have talked about that over the years as far as that new metal label. Because um, at the end of the day, the media comes up with that stuff. Like you hear, you hear bands like Soundgarden and you know bands that came from what became known as grunge. They didn't really like the grunge label. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, but now I mean, well, everybody everybody gets categorized, so you just got to kind of wonder what's going to happen next. Yeah, yeah, and and I think. And I think that's what's interesting is like whether it's pop punk, which has had a resurgence, new metal is obviously having a resurgence. It, there was a time where where people were hating on it, and I wanted to talk to you about that because I feel like Limp Biscuit is one of those bands that for a while, people can hate on Limp Biscuit all they want, dude, but they can still go to Germany and literally sell out, literally sell out the fucking show, and they they can still do that and have the crowd so hate on it all you want, yeah, and have the crowd moving, but. That's one thing I wanted to ask you about is like a hardcore fan of new metal. Why do you think it got to a point where people hated on it like that? Like, at what well, it's kind of, it, dude, it's kind of like everything, man. Like, why do, why did people hate on the Spice Girls? Why did people hate on, uh, fucking, if you wanted to bleach the tips of your hair, if you wanted to be in a boy band, if you, Anything that becomes popular, somebody's going to find a way to hate it. And then it's going to get some fucking flack. And it's going to get some fucking, like, there's going to be turbulence. It's who actually survives those waves and actually they persevere and they do great things. That's what's awesome. And that's what's cool to see. When you see bands like Limp Bizkit who got hated on for whatever they fucking said, for whatever Fred Dur- Fred Durst and Britney Spears and all that bullshit, those bands, they, like I said, they can still go and fucking sell out shows across seas. And they can still come back home. And I guarantee if they were next to you, like if they were at a bar next to you, they would sell out that bar. The bar would be closed. So it's like, well, how can we hate that? Yeah, and I think I think that's you make a good point because I everything comes back around. New metal has gotten to a point now where all these it's resur- it's resurfacing. Yeah, Limp Bizkit had a new record. You mentioned Stabbing Westward, who I know you love. Chasing Ghosts, that record came out in twenty twenty two. These these bands are kind of coming back around now. System is doing this. System thing. Coal Chamber. Mudvayne reunited, which I was waiting for that for a while. There, dude, would... dude, I'm a I'm a huge Mudvayne fan. The the first time I heard LD50, I was like, "What, dude?" This? When I heard LD50, I was sitting in the back of a fucking caravan, and I talked my buddy into fucking let me play in his caravan, 
and I bought it at Best Buy, and I couldn't wait to get home to play it, but I was like, dude, can we please play it in the car? Because it was a caravan, dude. There was a bunch of speakers in that fucking car. And I was like, just turn it up. And from there, dude, I, I heard fucking Dig. I heard, like, dude, that album, that album alone, like, that, it was it was one of those things, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yes, Mudvayne. That's I'm so happy to see the words Mudvayne on that uh, ticket. LD50, um, definitely dig internal primates forever. I love off that death clues. I really love it. Internal primates. I fucking love that song. Death blooms. I love. Um, and also everything and nothing is great. I I, I am everything. I am nothing. I am. <laughs> yes, trust me. I and then speaking my language, you guy. Because happy is probably their biggest song in terms of streams. But are you not happy now? Yeah, happy's great. Um, but lost and found. Yeah, that was that had some bangers on it, man. Happy, determined, forget to remember, fall into. You know the the reason I I feel like the reason that album was called lost and found was because they were literally about to break up at that point that was before i think that was right before he was going to go to hell yeah yeah because in 2008 they came out with the new game which i remember when that came out i got that that was my sophomore year of college and then they had the self-titled record in 2009 and that was the last mudvayne record um, yeah so lost and found i feel like there was that there was a hidden message in lost and found like they found their resurgence of them being a band, and then they forcefully put out that next album. And after that, it was hell yeah, and etc. So I wrote down Cassidy some new metal albums that, if I put in a time capsule, this is what they would be. So here's some here's some of mine, and I'm going to ask you some of yours. Untouchables from Corn. Uh, Untouchables, by the way, for everybody listening, it has my favorite corn deep cut, um, which I don't know that they've really ever played live um, outside of maybe the early shows on that record. But Blame is one of the heaviest corn riffs in lyrics. Like if you if you're a corn fan listening to this and you're like Blame, that one's kind of lot. Go go back and listen to Untouchables and listen to Blame. It is one of my favorite corn songs. It's it's super visceral super heavy super heartfelt but untouchables would be in my time capsule um white pony from deftones even though that's not my favorite deftones record which probably sounds crazy to a lot of people i love white pony. no but the white the white pony was that was their seminal album that was their seminal album. that was that that created a whole fucking a whole fan base <laughs> like even if you didn't like that genre you could still listen to something off of the white pony and be like, Oh, that's kind of good. <laughs> like you could grab your average listener and just be like, Hey, check out this album. They'd find at least one track on that album and they'd be like, Oh yeah, that's good. And I think that's why it was such a hit too, Cassidy, because they, they, they ebbed and flowed on that one. You know, you had back to school, you had um, Passenger with Maynard from Tool. You had Change, obviously, was the big smash off of that one. 
My favorite song off that album is probably, well, it's either Digital Bath or Passenger. Yeah, um, Knife Party is is sick, too. I love that one. Um, yeah, Digital Bath. Um Korea, like that that whole that whole record is sick. But my my favorite Deftones record is actually Diamond Eyes. I love that's my favorite Deftones record. But White Pony would be in my new metal time capsule though. Make Yourself from Incubus would be would be in my new metal time capsule. And great okay. no, even though it's like you said, I mean I it, well, we don't know where it categorizes, but we know the genre. Yeah, I wouldn't call Incubus metal, but in terms of new Well, I would call it new metal if it was science. Uh Make Yourself wasn't that the album that followed Science? Yes, cuz I think Science was 97 and Make Yourself was 99. But yeah, Make Yourself was great, man. The warmth, uh I love Stellar. And a lot of people think that Science was their first album. No, it was Fungus Among Us. Yeah, that, that was the uh, that was their first. It wasn't under contract, like it wasn't like well known, but they they were around. And dude, pardon me. I one of, probably my favorite um, Incubus song, "Love Pardon Me." Uh, we talked about it yesterday before we we, we were kind of doing a little. I don't know if you call it pre production, but it was like a pre talk before the pod. Animosity from Seven Dust would be in there. And again, dude, that that album, dude, I can't tell you how much I I'm a huge fan of Seven Dust, like a huge fan of Seven Dust. And then when Lynn Strait died and uh, a lot of people listening, um, Lynn Strait was the singer of Snot. And he unfortunately died in a car accident with his dog Dobbs, which was, uh, he was, his dog was on the front cover of the album for their, their, uh, their CD. And they did, uh, what was the song? It was seven dust. And if you are finding every day, <laughs> like angels, but, yeah, Angel Sun. And and uh that was dude, and it was it was something that uh connected all the lines and it doesn't matter if you're a new metal fan or if you're just a music fan. There's no way that you could understand the background behind that song and hear that song and not be a little bit, you know, drawn to it and or feel emotionally about it and especially if you watch the video dude when they did like the ghost captures of people walking up to him while he walks around the campfire yeah and he's uh putting his hands on everybody's shoulder like you had everybody from uh you had sugar ray you had corn you had fucking there was jay from orgy uh jay gordon um, shout out to him. I'm big fan of orgy, but uh, <laughs> big fan of orgies. <laughs> but uh, yeah, dude, it's yeah, Seven Dust, man. They put that compilation record together. I think it was that compilation straight up, dude. Fucking Corey amazing. On that, um, 
Jonathan Davis was on it. Uh, M. Cud from Head PE was on it. You had Max Cavalera. Uh, you had, dude, you had a whole plethora of fucking fantastic artists on that straight up album. <laughs> like it was a good. That was a great album. And a lot of people don't even fucking know about it. <laughs> like they don't even know it exists. Yeah, for for the, for the younger listeners listening to this, um, not that we're old. You're 38. I'm 34. But you know, if you if you were born, dude, like, I'm 25, bro. <laughs> but if you're like 22, 23, and you're into heavy music, and you're not aware of snot, go just go listen to that record. And, and like Cassidy said, it's very. His dog was on the cover of the record. He tragically died in a car accident with his dog Dobbs, um, and uh, it was it was horrible. I mean, but that's a band that um, there was a lot more coming, and there's a connection there with Seven Dust because Sonny Mayo was actually in uh, Seven Dust for a little bit when Clint Lowry stepped away from the band uh, before he came back after he got sober and everything. But um, but yeah, that's not record is is amazing. And Lynn Strait, I mean, to me, dude, his voice was. Man, it was like so, so much. Just you mentioned visceral early, and it's kind of been like the the theme word of this podcast. But there, there was so much heart in his in his singing and just his own unique style and how he would go from like those those scat like rap type lyrics to just yeah, yeah, like uh, like the box, yeah, Lynn Strait, the box. If you look up snot, the box, go check that out. I actually got a chance to see them in um, Toledo. Uh, it was 2000 and I think maybe 12 or 14. I'm trying to remember who they got to sing for the tour. But um, I, I was, I remember talking to them to the, at the bar at uh, Frankie's after the show, but it was awesome. It was awesome to see those songs live, man. Uh, and, and the guy that they got, uh, whose name is escaping me right now, he he was great, man. It was a great show, especially at Frankie's. It's a for people who aren't aware, because I know some of this is inside baseball for those of you listening in different parts of the world. But we're from Toledo, Ohio, which is just just south of Detroit, Michigan. Detroit's like our attic, right on the border of Ohio and Michigan. And Toledo actually has a really really cool, rich music history. The the from the white <laughs> we we have to play over we there. have a music history here, and uh, that's a great thing to definitely document on. But as hollering out to people, just fucking embrace music. And if you hear something that you haven't heard of, your best bet is to check it out. If it's not for you, then move on. Right. Because I guarantee there's going to be something within our segment of conversation that is, it's going to at least strike a chord. And you'll be like, oh, I'm glad. I'm glad they uh, they pointed that out, and I'm glad that they gave me a chance to know about that band. For sure. So that's that's something that I'm I'm super happy about. That w- it was one of the main reasons I wanted to do this. Heck yeah, man! Because I know you're as, as pas- you are as passionate about it as as me. Uh, like you said when we were talking about the animosity record, Angel's Son was the tribute to. Lynn straight, but there every song on animosity is a freaking banger. Um, I know you live again is my favorite song. Yeah. <laughs> live again is your favorite seven dust song. Like I love shine off of that one. Um, 
gosh, trust, crucified, praise, Christmas. Day. You love that. You love that album. <laughs> yeah, dude, like every every song on that record is is amazing. Um, here's another one for you, Cassidy. I know you'll know this record for the listeners. Like you just said, timing is everything for for people. Who yeah, beware. fuck yeah, dude, bring it up. Revolution, Revolution from El Nino. One yeah, of El Nino, dude. One of fucking, uh, you can go, you can go different courses of language. That fucking that album was amazing. And how long were his dreadlocks? <laughs> yeah, man, he's in Lions <laughs> Gate now. Um, they have a different singer now, but uh, Christian Machado, man, shout out Christian. I uh, dude, Christian is a fucking beast. He is, dude. He is, dude. That record, Revolution, Revolution. Uh, I, I am loco. I am loco. Yeah, yeah. We just had we we had the wavelengths going just there. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, gotta connect somewhere. <laughs> so the first time I heard Il Nino, I was with my buddies Mike Walker and Evan O'Rourke. Shout out those dudes wherever you guys are. I love you. Um, I know the videos aren't going to show up, but I'm giving them salutes. I believe they saw those guys with Drowning Pool when they went to um, Myrtle Beach. I want to say that those guys were on tour together back in the day when Drowning Pool was starting to pop off. And I remember, I remember Mike playing that in the car, and I I heard "I Am Loco" and I was like, "What is this?" You know what I mean? Because at that point, dude, I was dude. listening to a lot of like the rock. The Fato Poco, <laughs> defeat your ass because I'm loco, dude. Dude, that and they were. Oh my god! Uh, the Freddy versus Jason soundtrack. Oh, yeah, dude, that was. Uh, uh, what was that? Uh, change or how am I? How can I forgive or what was it? What was the name of that song? Um, how can I forget or something like that? I gotta, I gotta look it up now. Was that off a of confession? How can I live? How, can, how I, can I live? I said, how can I forget? So I was close. You were close. You were close. But yeah, revolution. How can I, how can I live? He actually did two versions of that song. He did one in Spanish. And he did one in um, English. If you haven't heard any of the lines at the gate stuff for, for you and for the listeners, what Christian's doing now, dude, check that out. It is, it's sick. It's really good. But yeah. Is he vocal? Yes. Okay. Revolution, Revolution, man. Um, God, that's such a great record. What comes around? No, it was such a fucking phenomenal record, dude. I loved that record. Predisposed, I am local. Rip out your eyes, dude. That record is. Dude, what did you what did you think of Swift? I really enjoyed that. Was it? Did you did you listen to more than Diamond? Yeah, I listened to the whole. I listened to that whole record. Thoughts are thoughtless, right? Dude, that whole dude, that whole fucking album is great, dude. Like, and it was before it's time. Yeah. It was before it's time. Oh, if that album came out right now, that shit would be a fucking hit. Yeah, it's weird. I, it's weird. I want to push it. Awesome. I want to push it. So, yes, the, the artist is Swift. Um, and obviously with Taylor Swift, type in the album name, folks, when you listen to this. And I'll put up the links to it, but it, it's called Thoughts Are Thought. And it originally came out in 1999. And until Cassidy told me about it, and I thought I knew like music, having a music podcast and stuff, or a podcast that features a lot of musicians, I should say. I, I was not aware of this. It wasn't on my radar at all. And and I loved it. Listen, listen to the whole thing. This Thank week. you. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm glad you loved it, dude. I didn't want to suggest something and you'd just be like, 
well, that's fucking nonsense. <laughs> but like, I was like, oh God, I crossed my fingers. I was like, I'm throwing a grenade. <laughs> this might actually work. I don't know. <laughs> We're storming the building. <laughs> it was, it, no, it was a really good listen, man. It was a really good listen. It's, and it's just, it is crazy how certain stuff kind of slips through the cracks, man. I don't, I don't know how big they did or didn't get um, or who they toured with, who they didn't tour with. You knew about them. Um, so yeah. Obviously on your radar, but uh, yeah, that was a band that, you know, like, like you were talking about 94, you were 10, 11, and 99, I was 11. So the new metal that that was on my radar was all the stuff that MTV was playing. You know, it was Limp Bizkit, it was Corn, uh, Papa Roach, um, and then you know when Toxicity. Papa Roach, Papa Roach was cool as fuck. Um, I loved when Infest came out. Um, their first album. A great record. Uh, it was, dude. It was a great record. And uh, between Angel, Angels and Insects, like uh, there's like there's songs on that album that I I fucking love but at the same time there's bands that came around and they outshined them but papa roach did their damn diligence and they stood the test of time dude they're still sitting here and they're fucking rocking it out yeah i was gonna say they're still huge man they're still headlining shows and playing tours um they had a great tour this year with uh bad wolves uh, I want to say Falling in Reverse was on that tour too. Uh, I'm a I'm a huge fan of Falling in Reverse. But yeah, that record. Um, not 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 early Falling in Reverse. Uh, new Falling in Reverse. <laughs> um, I I guess I'm falling in reverse with my fandom of Falling in Reverse. <laughs> so I don't love the old shit. I love the new stuff that they've been putting out. Um, like it's not to be, uh, like a fanboy. Like I'm not a Ronnie Radke fan type deal, but it was just, the music was good. And I watched and I saw his interviews and I saw the way he talked about what he was doing with each song and stuff like that. And it kind of drove me and I was like, oh shit, I, I, I like this. So, kind of put me in a different spot. Yeah, but I do, big, I do love falling in reverse. Yeah, they've got a they got a huge fan base. Um, and then they I, they really do. He does, dude. He does reaction videos to people reacting to his videos. <laughs> as fucked up as that sounds. And then another record. Uh, the the other I wrote down two because they were both kind of right around the same time for me when I was in junior high. I think one one came out in 99, and then the next one came out in 2001, two years later. But I love P.O.D., Payable on Death. I love P.O.D., love Sonny Sandoval's voice. Payable on Death, man. They're a uh, religious band, uh, Payable on Death, if you actually look that up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sonny's super, uh, super spiritual dude. Um, part of- uh, what, do they, what do they do? They did uh, him and Head from Corn. The who uh, sayers or the what whatsoever's or something like that. Yeah, it was the the whosoever's. Whosoever's. Uh, I was close. <laughs> Once yeah. again, yeah. I was very close. There are times of charm. But yeah, the fundamental elements of Southtown and Satellite, um, both of those records, 
in junior high, man. And I still love them to this day. Still, still really enjoy those. The first time I heard Southtown, and I remember that music video with just everybody going crazy and them playing live. I, I think they were outside in San Diego, and it was like all their friends and stuff. That 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 record and that that song in particular that still gets me hyped to this day, man. Love POD. And Satellite was great too. Um, that obviously had Youth of the Nation, which became like a like a, a global hit for them. Um, different change of pace, um, but they they did the same thing though too, man. I, I thought it was really cool how they you know like Il Nino they worked their Latin heritage into the music. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. I, I they, they built off of what they had and they, they utilized it. Who is, um, who are some newer bands before we close it out? Who are some newer bands that, um, that you're into right now that have come on your radar? Parkway drive. They're not newer, but that's a new band that I've been listening to. And I'm, I fucking love Parkway, dude. I have, Parkway Drive is one of my favorite bands right now. They're, they're um, I've been, I've also been listening to In Flames. I've been listening to a lot of In Flames. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, Bad Omens. Listening to that, uh, that was good. Loved it. I really liked Parkway's new record. Really, dude, it. it's fucking awesome. <laughs> like front to back. They're a band when you know you've been talking about growth too, you know, bands over the years. You can tell they grew. Yeah. They, you can tell they fought. You can tell that they fucking hated like everyone, like they all hated each other. And they were like, Well, we can either grow or we can make this album. And it was fucking beautiful, dude. It turned out great. Yeah, they're a band that I think has really expanded upon, um, you know, metalcore. I would definitely be the genre. I would say that they that they probably would have been boxed into with their early records and whatnot. But um, and I love their early records, but I think their growth and their evolution really, I think it kind of started with um, Ire. That record came out right, I think, right when I moved to Nashville in 2015, right around that time. And I remember. Remember hearing the first couple of singles they released off of Iyer, and I was like, "Wow!" Like it was just a, and that's something I, I think is really cool, man. When bands can't, and Corn has been great at that. Like Corn has retained their sound. Like you know a Corn song when you hear it, but they but they have expanded. They have certain they have certain aspects to their sound that will allow you to retain it. And the thing I'm scared of the most right now. It's one of the biggest retaining factors is their bass lines. And they're talking about how Fieldy is having some trouble with life in general. I All I can do is read and just kind of like uh, circumvey and just kind of like read through it. And just kind of like give my own aspect on it. But um, apparently there's a chance that kind of like head and kind of like uh, David, we might not see Fieldy again. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough, man. Um, dude, that base, dude, his baseline on every one of every fucking song, dude, like his baseline there. That's one of their signature fucking things, dude. 
a lot of people don't give him as much credit as he deserves, dude. His fucking his baselines are fucking epic, dude. Like you know that drop base, that fucking pull style that he does. Like you have to like any other bassist would have to sit back for a week and be like, I have to learn this before I can actually try and do it. Yeah, because he's because Fielding has been well. Uh, Reginald has been doing it since he fucking grabbed a base. Yeah, man. He um, I hope I hope whatever he's going through, he's doing all right, man. You know what I mean? Um, because people people gave Head a lot of crap. You know when he said he found God and stuff, there were a lot of people who gave him a lot of flack for that, and um. And it was real to him. Like I, I read his book when it came out, his first book, Save Me From Myself. In fact, I, 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 it was so compelling. I read it literally in a day. And I'm a slow reader, but I remember it came out. <laughs> I'm a slow reader, dude. He, He's like, I snorted like 13 pixie sticks. I was trying to get through that shit. <laughs> no, my, my vision is terrible. I've had three eye surgeries in my life. So I literally read with like one eye. Sweet mother of all that is holy. I'm sorry. I, uh, no, dude, you're fine. I have, I have a good sense of humor. It's cool. But I was cross-eyed as a baby. I looked like un- Uncle Fester. I was just bald with no skin pigment and crossed eyes. <laughs> but yeah, so so I read with like you fast. Uh, up close stuff. I use my right eye and far away stuff. I use my left eye. It just kind of naturally worked out that way. Um, I had to wear glasses for a long time as a kid. I have contacts now and both my eyes are different. But long way of saying like, even with my crappy vision that that book really was compelling. Like that was a real spiritual journey that he was on and, and that he's been on. And when you hear him talk about his faith, it's not a phony thing for him. Um, like in that book, he talks about how he flushed all his drugs down the toilet and basically quit cold Turkey and checked into a hotel and like ate pancakes and just got sober. And he was doing meth. Like, I don't think people realize like how hard you're talking, you're talking about head. Yeah, to kick meth. Yeah. Just kick meth, cold turkey. Um, I mean, that's pretty crazy. You know what I'm saying? So um, so yeah, man, I, I I'm it was so that was like a spiritual experience to see Corn and Allison Chains in Nashville in twenty nineteen. Um, they opened with Here to Stay, which is my favorite corn riff. The curtain came down and when they went into bum bump, just seeing him and monkey up there, you know, Jonathan Davis, um, Fieldy was still with him at the time. Twenty, I think it was twenty nineteen. Uh, you could date back on the video. I think I I might have said twenty twenty. I might have said, well, I'm almost certain it was twenty nineteen. I have pictures in my phone. I just don't feel like going through them. But I saw porn at the Fillmore. Like I said, fucking, like literally, <laughs> kneecap to kneecap. So yeah, dude, I can. That was a dream come true for me. And you going through all the shit that you went through, and getting to see them, like, I don't think that bands understand how much they mean to us. Yeah, and I think that's a that's a good way to wrap up this conversation, Cassie, especially with the theme of the show being perseverance and moving forward. Like, you know. Music is a very spiritual, like a spiritual thing for me. It really is. I love music. That's why I do this podcast. Um, I've expanded upon it and, uh, and, and continuing to expand upon it as far as getting, getting 
people outside of the music realm on the show, but um, music means a lot to me, man. Like those hypothetical questions you think about, if I had to lose one of my senses, what would it be? And as intimate as sight is for me, I, I, I wouldn't want to lose my hearing because I couldn't live in a world where I can't listen to music. And that might sound cheesy to some people, but especially talking to you about new metal, like that music came at a time in my life when I really needed it because in our everyday lives, like when I'm at my desk at work and my day job in healthcare, I can't, I can't let out a visceral scream the way that like Jonathan Davis can or Lynn Strait used to do. You know what I mean? Like I can't, right. that music is my outlet for that. And I listen to it when I work out, I listen to it when I'm in the car, I listen to it while I'm working on spreadsheets and my parents got divorced in 1999. Um, and bands even like, like Creed, like Mark Tremonti, Alter Bridge, one of my favorite bands, love Alter Bridge. Um, Creed's another band that people hated on, just like Limp Bizkit, just like Nickelback. But say what you will, Mark Tremonti can can probably play anybody that you love on the guitar under the table. And, and he's a humble guy, and he wouldn't say that, but he can. He's an amazing guitar player. Um, but all that music came to me at a time in my life when I, when I really needed it. Um, and I still love it to this day. Those bands are are bands that I still rock with to this day and, and getting a chance to see corn, getting a chance to see Jerry Cantrell play them bones with Alice in Chains. I mean, it was like the hair was standing up on the back of my neck and I know you have that same experience with new metal. So, um, so yeah, man, I mean, just for you, it sounds like it has the same meaning for you as far as just, it's uh it's like an emotional spiritual thing as far as your connection with, with life. Life is what you make it. And uh, music is something that has made my life amazing. And I love every aspect of every journey I've been on. I've seen a lot of shows. I've met a lot of different people. I was introduced to you via my cousin. And, well, if you think about technicalities, you're fucking family. So I would like to say thank you, brother. Um, I'm glad to actually have conversations with people that appreciate the, uh, the amount of fucking focus and tenacity it takes to do the things that a lot of these artists do. And, uh, me as a person that is very, uh, like I hold back on a lot of things, uh, it's it's just nice to talk to somebody that appreciates the amount of work that goes into some of the shit that people don't see behind the fucking lines. There's a lot of great bands out there, dude, and I would love to stay friends with you, and I would definitely like to keep you in my list of people I keep in contact with. Um, I feel like we have a lot more to talk about. Um, I have more bands that I would love you to check out. I have a lot more that I could share with your community of people. Um, <laughs> and I'm also a great uh, co-host. If you ever want me on a fucking broadcast, you are a, uh, a dimensional person and you are doing a fantastic job. And I'm fucking absolutely exuberated to be part of your podcast. So kudos to you my guy well cassie thank you so much for the kind words dude and right back at you it's it's awesome to talk to people who are as passionate about this stuff uh and i really appreciate it man it, it it's it's awesome when people take the time to do the show and i i love talking to people who 
who love this stuff too. It's like the Spider-Man meme. You know what I mean? You meet somebody that, that has that, you know, especially heavy music people, you know what I mean? We're, we're a rare breed, you know what I mean? And it's when you meet somebody who's a fellow metalhead, um, and especially a genre like new metal, it's, it's awesome. And I want to plug you too, man. Like, like you said at the jump, like we were talking about, you make music as well. You go by chaotic. Um, so where can people find you if they want to check out some of your work? Do you have some of it out there for people to check out? Um, nothing is out there right now. Um, but if we're doing the podcast, I can say that I'm back on track like a heroin addict. See, I'm back on rap because I've had it with half this population thinking that their raps like matches when they put me to sleep like I'm back on a mattress. I can deal with the weak like I'm Jesus in Nazareth. I don't fold out of feet when I speak to the masses. Give me time in a sheet and I can write you a passage with rhymes that are deeper than the devil's companions. <laughs> I'm a rebel with a cause that can feed off applause in this. I keep it hot like a letter to an arsonist. I don't care. I don't give a fuck. This is what happens. Go ahead and test your luck. <laughs> hey, chaotic. <laughs> hey, I'm I'm glad that you got listeners. I'm glad that people are tuning in. And like I said, dude, I will fucking root for you. <laughs> we dude, we'll be in contact. You don't have to worry about a goddamn thing. <laughs> sure, dude. This this doesn't have to be the last time. Well, Cassie, thank you so much, dude. Appreciate All you. All right, brother. Thanks, Cassie. Be safe. All right, you too, man. All righty, Dighty, there you have it. That was my conversation with Cassidy Ratliff, fellow new metal lover. I really hope you guys enjoyed that conversation as much as I did, as much as I know Cassidy did. Cassidy, I just want to say thanks again so much, man, for taking the time to come on the podcast and geek out on new metal and other bands that even go outside of that genre with me. It was so awesome a year in the making to finally make this happen and get it on wax and officially get it on the record, man. Um, it was it was awesome catching up. And like you said, even though we're not related by blood, we are family and uh, we're definitely family by music as well. And I'm just really grateful that uh, we got a chance to have this conversation. And thank you so much too, dude, for the kind words towards the end of the conversation about the show and about me. It really, really means a lot. I'm not somebody who fishes for compliments and, and I'm still at 34 working on how to take them, you know, uh, and just learning to just accept the love and the compliments that I do get because I've, I've been painfully shy and uh, bashful in the past. And um, despite having this podcast, believe it or not, you guys, I really don't like being the center of attention. I don't walk into a room and go, hey, Mike's here. I've got some jokes. Everybody look at me. You know what I mean? I just uh, – I really just try to to blend in. If I see other people who I feel are introverted uh, like me, I try to make them feel comfortable and, and talk to them and you know get them to come out of their shell a little bit because I know what it's like to be to be the dude in the room who, who is kind of the wallflower. You know what I mean? And uh, so, yeah, but, but I, I love – one-on-one -on -one conversations like this. I definitely prefer things like this, whether it's face-to-face -face or over Zoom or Skype or whatever. I, I prefer one-on-one -on -one human interaction much more than I prefer people in groups. Um, for this reason, you get to know people intimately and you get to know kind of what makes them tick and the things about life that they enjoy. And I think that's what's so cool about podcasting as a medium. Um, who would have thought that things like 
you know, one, two, three hour or more conversations would be something that, that dominates media. And it's really cool to see the kind of respect and the kind of attention that podcasts get now. And, you know, I think something that kind of bucked the trend, right? Where, where normally when you'd hear an interview with an artist, it was maybe 15 minutes, maybe a half hour. Certainly the late night shows, they're, they're segments that already have a vibe going into it. You know, and again, I still love late night TV, so that's not a knock on any of those shows, man, um, at all. But I think it's really cool that this medium really gives people the opportunity to hear these conversations that are basically water cooler conversations. You know, people sitting around a campfire, cracking a couple of drinks or, you know, people sitting around the cooler, you know, talking shop. And this, these are conversations, like I said, I mean, this is a conversation that that a version of it that Brandon and Cassidy and I had a year ago and we all love music. We all love this music. And, you know, Cassidy has, has really seen new metal from, from its, you know, infancy to, to where it is now. And the fact that sick new world was announced and, and all these bands are really still as popular as they ever were. Some of them are coming out with new, new music, um, some of them are, are having a resurgence after being dormant for a little bit. It's just really cool, man. Um, so, Cassidy, thanks again for the kind words. Thanks again for the time. This definitely won't be the last one. Uh, and thank you to everybody who's listening, man. If you're if you're friends or family of Cassidy and, and this is your first introduction to March 4th with Mike Bauman, I really genuinely appreciate you guys checking out the show. As much as I hate begging for, for likes and subs and all that stuff, the reality is... If you guys take the time on either Apple or Spotify to leave a rating and a review for the show, on Spotify, it's a five-star scale. It is on Apple as well. Apple will actually let you leave um, a comment in addition to a five-star review um, or whatever star level you choose. I mean, I hope you wouldn't listen to this and be like, dude, it sucked. I'm going to give – if I could give them negative stars, I would. I'm giving them like one star, bro. Uh, if you didn't like it, I would prefer that you didn't leave a rating because uh, that would be mean to take time to go out of your way to just say that I suck. But <laughs> if you enjoyed the show, if you do take the time to go on either Apple or Spotify and leave a rating for the show, it, it does help the show rank higher. It helps these conversations get out to more people. And I and I know that we are not the only ones who love this music because Sick New World Fest sold out, guys. So, uh, so yeah, that would be much appreciated. Tell a friend to tell a friend, like, and subscribe so you don't miss content. I try to give a little something for everybody on here. Like I, like I tell people when they ask about my show, musically, it's everything from headbanging to twanging, baby. I've got everything from heavy metal to country to hip hop. I've got a few hip hop artists coming up, alternative underground stuff, bands who have sold millions of records. I'm not saying this to toot my own horn, but it's just what it is. I, I try to give the whole gamut musically, and and, uh, and I'm also expanding and have expanded beyond music with business owners, colleagues, and friends of mine. I'm really trying to get some nonprofits on here. Um, I don't know when they check it out if they go, uh, I don't know if this is our vibe or our audience, but um, I hope they come on though, man, because uh, that's important to me to, to help the people in your community. If you can't donate your time to be able to donate some food or donate some clothing or, or donate some money. Um, so that's one thing that I'm, I'm trying to, to make more of an effort to do is, is to get nonprofits on here as well, because it's so important that we help other people who, who are in need. And again, with the timing of this being Thanksgiving, I hope you guys find it in your hearts to do the same. Um, you know, take some time. If there's some local organizations that, that help homeless people get back on their feet, um, 
if you've got old clothes in the in the closet that you haven't worn in years and they're just collecting dust um and you think that that's something that uh it, it, you're never going to wear again there's going to be somebody out there who's going to need a coat or need a pair of gloves or need a winter hat or, or a nice pair of slacks to get on a, a job interview and hopefully get employed you know what i mean that 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 need those things uh obviously it's crazy to say in, in in a developed nation like the United States, but there's kids that go starving every day in America, and there's a lot of great organizations like Second Harvest being one of them. Uh, who, who, um, not saying this to toot my own horn or anything or to be self righteous, so please don't take it that way. Um, but uh, they came on my radar from my mentor when I moved down here, um, and and I donate to them because I I really think what they do is great in terms of feeding hungry people. Um, and, and giving them a hot meal when they don't have it, uh, giving kids who, who, who need food, um, giving them food. So, so yeah, man, I, I, I hope in the spirit of Thanksgiving, whether you celebrate or whether you don't, that uh, you take the time to give back uh, in any way that you can. And I know money's tight for a lot of people right now with inflation and whatnot. So if you can't donate your time or donate your money, donate your time. Or like I said, if you've got old clothes in the closet, there's there's always organizations you know even beyond places like goodwill there's 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 local shelters and stuff that you know make sure those get to the people who really need it man so be thankful you got a roof over your head be thankful for the family and the friends and the lovers that you have in your life um and just be thankful that uh, you're alive and breathing and you get to get to live another day man because life is a gift it's short and um I'm, I'm learning to wake up every day and and be grateful and uh you know not not pay attention to all the negative thoughts I have all the time about myself, um, anxiety, OCD. Uh, this this past year has been like I feel like I've just kind of had a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of heavier stuff kind of resurface as it relates to the the negative aspects of myself that I don't like. Um, but I'm really thankful for the therapy that I'm getting, and I'm really thankful for the supportive friends and family who I have who have stuck by me through a, a pretty difficult year and a half, man. Um, you know, heartbreak and, and death aren't easy. Um, and on top of that, I'm reclusive. So even though I'm, I'm social when I see people, um, I definitely retreat when, when I deal with stuff. And that's, I've learned, I've learned in this last year and a half that that's not, that's not healthy. It's not healthy to isolate. Um, it's not healthy to isolate when you, when you're dealing with stuff. And I, and that's, that's to put a positive note on it. I mean, that's, that's how I want to close this out is just, no matter how dark things get, you guys, number one, know that, that they get better. Uh, number two, uh, and this is probably especially for the men out there, don't be afraid to, to seek help and ask for help. And number three, be aware that there are, are more people who love you than, than, you're, than you're realizing. And they want to see you and they want to talk to you. And that's something I've realized as I've gone dark, you know, um, getting to spend some time with some of my good friends down here recently. Shout out Dominic and Nicole. I love you guys. Um, you know, I got a chance to go over and see them and I hadn't seen them in a couple of months. Um, and that was something they reminded me of like, Hey man, we go through stuff too. And it's great to see you and we love you. And, um, sometimes it's good just to have somebody to lean on, man. So, so yeah, man, in the spirit of Thanksgiving, I just want to say I love you all. Thank you all for listening. Once again, you can follow me on Instagram at March 4th pod on Twitter at Mike V. Bauman, the host site is march4th.podbean.com. You can listen to this podcast pretty much wherever you get your podcast. It's on all the major ones, the aforementioned Apple, Spotify, the host site, uh, which which is Podbean, who I love. So if you're somebody out there wanting to start a podcast, excuse me, I've been with Podbean for 
10 years now, man, over 10 years. And uh, they have affordable rates and, um, you know, make it pretty easy for you to get your show on other platforms. So if, if you've got uh, an Alexa, you can you can say, Alexa, play March 4th with Mike Bauman, and she will, which is tripped out to me. Um, so it's on Amazon as well. I believe I'm on TuneIn. I believe I'm on Audible, iHeart. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of different places you can listen. And, and once again, that's all in my link tree. So if you just scroll to the bottom of the description for this episode on whatever you're listening uh, to this show right now, you can you can hit up all those links and easily subscribe. I just want to say thank you again to everybody listening. I love you all. Keep the faith and be kind to one another. Happy Thanksgiving. I'll see you guys on the next one. Peace.